this episode of Modern Practice, we'll continue our discussion about the need for healthcare organizations to develop a robust business intelligence capabilities. Joining us again is Todd Baker, Principal for Business Intelligence at Vizian. Todd, welcome back. Thanks, Tom. Great to be here again. So what does the average hospital look like in terms of adoption of analytics to empower the success of an organization? Most hospitals, frankly, are in the early stages. And I say that because I'm comparing hospitals to the broader marketplace industries. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we've seen in some of the literature is that IBM actually did a study and found that bad data leads to $3.1 trillion of lost revenue opportunity in America. Wow. I would be willing to bet that a substantial amount of that number is in healthcare. And so to that point, as you look at the evolution of analytics more broadly, it rolls into three stages. It starts with business intelligence, which is what we're talking about today, which where we think that hospitals should organize themselves in a business intelligence environment, which is essentially measuring your performance against goals. That's where we should start because you have to be successful in business intelligence before you can go to the next one, which is evolving to predictive analytics. Mm -hmm. Now, this is where in our earlier episode, we talked about outcomes and patient care and chronic management. This is where healthcare needs to go, but it's a big leap. You're starting to build in data science and machine learning into your analytics to help predict where issues may occur with a particular patient or issues may occur in the system that need addressing. And then after that, where are the, some of the leading edge analytics organizations in the country are what's called prescriptive analytics. And what that essentially means, the data itself transforms your actions. So the analytics platform learns as it goes and it changes the way you address your performance. Mm -hmm. And as an example, just think about the way that that might look if you have a heart failure patient being chronically managed by a cardiologist. Mm -hmm. That data in that more prescriptive environment, that data coming back on that individual patient are learning from other inputs. For example, the latest wellness visit, what's the Fitbit sending to the actual data set? And what are they finding is that the patient is accelerating in their disease state. So that means that the reminder to the patient for the new appointment gets moved up by two weeks instead of getting it in a month. That way you get that patient in earlier because the data are telling you that this patient may be moving in the wrong direction. So you can actually intervene in a much quicker environment. You know, again, this is where it needs to go, but we have to start in healthcare, frankly, and doing well, measuring our performance against your goals in a business intelligence environment. This is fascinating to me because it also tells me the opportunity of fully understanding what the patient's baseline and using that heart failure case. Todd, actually, a lot of people don't know there's very little data to indicate what's a safe discharge for a patient with heart failure. So if I already know what that patient's baseline is based on the Fitbit, then that's where I can compare it to. So it kind of leads me to my next question. What's the difference between this and best practice, though? When I describe this whole process, I mean, best practice is that evolution from business intelligence to predictive to prescriptive analytics. In healthcare, you just need to win in your current environment and you need to establish yourself in a way that you can actually establish that one source of truth to begin to build more towards that predictive and more towards that prescriptive platform. And it's an evolution and it takes a tremendous amount of strategic focus as well as leadership to do that. Frankly, that's where I think you need to start. So Todd, when I'm trying to convince my CFO to invest in this, how is it important that I actually explain the evolution of how this is important, particularly when it comes to American healthcare? For the CFO conversation, I think that it would be very challenging to show that if you were more effective, you had one source of truth and you could actually streamline your reporting, better recognize your financial and clinical opportunities as they're integrated and how you address the market and how you treat patients. There's tremendous scale and ROI just in cleaning that up. 
So my conversation with the CFO, that's where I start. But I also start to paint the picture about creating my own leverage in the marketplace, being able to go to payers and have your own data so you can go toe-to-toe with them to say, you need us in your network more than we need you. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a reversal of much of the negotiation that takes place every year. It's a much more powerful position to be in. And also, as the hospital begins to take more risk, bundled payments, shared savings programs, this type of data effectively makes you make money in those particular programs. So as you take on incentives around risk, you need to have a very strong analytics approach to succeed in any of those plans. And so that's my message to the CFO. And then there's equally a strong message to the CQO, CMO, executive leadership around quality improvement. Just being able to manage that patient through their disease state, treat them exactly what they need when they need it, and avoid the bounce backs and give the patient what they need to take care of themselves where they can. Not only that, it's just better understanding of what resource allocation is going to be necessary per patient type as you start learning more. Without question. So among those organizations that have a more mature business intelligence inside their hospital, how does that function? So what they've done is they've actually gone through and assessed themselves. They've created a strategy. They have a data analytics strategy, typically three to five year plan. They have a chief analytics officer, somebody that owns this. And that's a little different. I think it's an interesting nuance. It's not a chief information officer. Mm -hmm. This is an analytics officer. The differentiation is your information officer is going to ensure that all of your systems are integrated, your EMR, and they're bringing in the right technology and you're in the cloud and all of those technologies are in place. Your analytics officer is going to utilize all of those capabilities, translate that data and those analytics into information for the clinicians and for the service line teams and for the feet on the ground treating the patients. That analytics officer has to streamline that information to be usable and effective for the organization to drive their business. So how does an organization develop a business intelligence inside an existing hospital system? There's a number of steps, but I'm going to try and relate some of the evolution that's important to take place. Mm -hmm. So if you look at how typical organizations evolve in healthcare analytics, many hospitals are kind of in stage one, and there's really 10 steps here. Stage one is just fragmented point solutions. As you start to evolve, you start to move to registries and internal reporting, external reporting, working on waste and variability reductions. Many hospitals that you and I work at do a pretty good job identifying waste, and certainly our company works very closely with hospitals to help identify those types of things. So many are kind of in that middle ground where they're able to identify some of their waste and variability. But then you start getting into the harder points, which is population health, suggestive analytics, the things we talked about in terms of prescriptive analytics, risk interventions, personalized medicine, and then finally direct to patient analytics would incorporate artificial intelligence. I mean, that's kind of the evolution that organizations will proceed in. I would tell you that I'm not aware of any that are in healthcare that are really at the very top. Even the very best are struggling with some of these. And part of that is that some of the technology hasn't caught up yet and some of the applications and frankly, some of the economics are not supporting it yet. But that's the evolution that will take place. I kind of have eight suggestions as to where you should start. Please share. All right. First thing to do is most organizations really don't even quite know exactly what they have and where it is, what data sets they have, what tools they use, who's getting what reports that reference that position that has the report that's been going five years that no one used, but somebody still produces. So the first thing is to start inventory your assets, mm-hmm. figure out what you have. Next step is to inventory your needs. Okay. So we have all these things. We don't need these 10. We need these 20, but we need five more that we haven't even considered. So start to understand the needs and how that can be integrated into your strategy. Develop an organizational design. What's your analytics team look like? Where does it report into? Do you have a chief analytics officer? Do they report to the CIO? Do they report to the CFO? Where does analytics sit in your business strategy? 
Then importantly, understanding governance. When you develop your analytics organization, how does that data start at the board level? How does it cascade through the organization to create alignment on all the incentives among the executives and the service line leaders and the physicians and the referring physicians and the troops in the trenches doing the really heavy work? So making sure that you align governance and the incentives. And then certainly one of the big misses, I think, in healthcare sometimes is more big organizations move slow. Mm -hmm. Infusing more of that culture of growth and innovation into that analytics group. A lot of times you'll see organizations bringing in people that aren't in healthcare, bringing in them so they can tap into that kind of that energy that's taking place at Amazon and other places. So making sure that you adhere to that culture and that you're focused on providing that promise to those stakeholders. And I would also tell you to assess your stakeholders. What are your stakeholders? And most importantly, put patients right at the very top. Right. Because when you start thinking about the other stakeholders, what your docs want, what your nurses need, what your payers want, if you go back and figure out, okay, what does it do for the patient? What's the benefit to the patient? And how does this improve patient care? That'll help answer what the needs are for all the other constituents. So start with patients when you think about your stakeholders. And then also I would tell you, Think about your commercial opportunities. As you build this and you are much more effective in owning your data, you've got one source of truth, you're more effective in your marketplace. Think about your commercial opportunities. Are there other health plans you can be part of? you can reach out to and engage with? Are there actually ways to better market yourself commercially? Are there things to do in other industries to set yourself as a thought leader so people are referring to your organization as the biggest, best hospital in your particular market? All of that can accrue to some substantial business benefit to your organization. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. I want to thank Todd for joining us again. And if you'd like to contact him, we put his email address in the research section of our podcast page. And if you have any additional questions pertaining to modern practice or simply want to send us your comments, please contact me in our email at modernpracticepodcast.com. We posted a link in our resource section as well. And please join us for other Modern Practice Podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments. I'm Dr. Tom Villanueva. Thanks for listening.